Hey everybody, how are you? Jeff Gelman, Asali Canine Training with my What Would Jeff Do Dog Training Q&A of the week. What's today? Saturday? Saturday night. This is the third show of the week. I got Linda sitting next to me. Hey Linda, how are you? She's logging in. So a um, couple of different, uh, uh, how this show works, like what happens on this show? How does this show work? First of all, thank you everybody for on, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on iHeartRadio, on uh, Google, um, and any other any other social media platform that, that, that watches this. I really, really appreciate it. Looks like you got a lot of nonsense coming up on your page. I can't get rid of it. Click on that. Just click on the, Just click on your YouTube page. There you go. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of nonsense up there. So um, I've got a dog training facility up here in Providence, Rhode Island. That's where I am right now. I'm in my home in Providence, Rhode Island. My dog training facility is actually down the street. It's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful facility. It's at 17,000 square feet. We've got an awesome staff. We specialize in challenging dogs. So we work with a lot of dogs that um, like, dogs. like to, to bite. We work with a lot of, so human aggressive dogs, dog aggressive dogs, Massive amounts of leash reactivity. We work with tons of separation anxiety. Almost every dog that comes in has got, you know, separation anxiety. Um, but also we deal with young puppies. So ironically, 90% of our day is training with rewards and what we want. But what we specialize in is the stopping unwanted behaviors, which you do through punishments. So you can hear me talk a lot about the word punishment tonight. If you're not familiar with the word punishment, punishment is the farthest thing from abuse. You're not mad. You're not upset. You're not angry. You actually shouldn't be changing your energy at all. It's just a matter of fact. You just can't do that. Learning how to properly apply punishment is the magic. It's not magical, though, to stopping unwanted behaviors. Every dog owner needs to understand how to apply proper punishment. If you don't, you will struggle stopping your dog from, from an unwanted behavior. Remember, you cannot stop an unwanted behavior without it. Now, some people might say, yes, you can. Now, there's a couple of reasons why they say that. They don't like the word punishment. They might not realize that they're actually using punishment um, on their dog, um, and they are, um, or they choose to ignore the truth. So, um, but you can't reward a dog out of a bad behavior. It does not happen happen like that. So I'm very outspoken about it because dogs are dying. Owners are struggling. Um, owners are being misled by a lot of dog trainers out there. Um, I never will talk about another particular dog trainer. People ask me all the time. It's like, that's not what I do. Um, but I'm just trying to educate the masses. I've got 10,000 plus hours minimum of free video content, even more free audio content. I do Skypes. I do Q&As. This is my third one of the week. I spend probably 50% of my day trying to create free content to help as many people as possible. The show, you can ask your questions here. Most answers on this show actually need a one-hour answer but you don't get that. You're only going to get a 15 second to 30 second answer. There's a lot of humor in this show, a lot of sarcasm in this show. We take this stuff very seriously. The best option then after this, after your free content is joining my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash solid canine training. So patreon.com slash solid canine training. The reason is 
for as little as $5 a month, you can ask a question every week and I will actually give you a very thorough answer. You can also um, do Skype sessions with me as well. I also do private Skypes from anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes. Many, many people have me doing Skypes every month with them, especially business owners. I do seminars. You go to rvdogtrainer.com, rvdogtrainer.com. If you go over to there, thank you for putting up all these posts, Linda. That's really, mm-hmm. really great of you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I travel the world doing dog training seminars. And obviously, then you can send your dog to us. But we've got so much free content out there that you can do a lot of this stuff by yourself. Um, there's been a couple of dogs that came in this week that people are really enjoying. There was a there was a dog named Flash that came in. He's a pretty big size pity, leash reactive. And then a German Shepherd just came in. His name is Kiko, I believe. Very leash reactive. So a lot of people enjoy seeing that. But just to let everybody know, those dogs to us are sort of like simpler dogs in our world. We do, we deal with some extremely extremely difficult dogs out there, dogs that want to bite, enjoy to bite. Um, they've been biting for years. Um, so we, 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 we show all of our work and we will be very, very candid on the show today. There's also a little dollar sign down at the bottom. Down at the bottom, if people are like, how do I ask a question? Well, what you do is you should see your name. So Linda's name is Wicked Big Lashes. There's her name. And then underneath that, it says, say something. You type in your question where it says, say something. You are limited to 200 characters. If you have more than a 200 character question, your question is too freaking long to answer on this show. Um, And then there's also an emoji. And then there's also a dollar sign. The dollar sign, what that does is it makes you a super chat. The super chat goes to the top of the list. And your question is answered pretty damn quickly within one or two, you know, turns. Um, You go right to the top of the line. So you legally cut the line. We use that super chat money for date night. So that money goes towards Linda and I's date night. We don't donate it to some nonprofit. We don't use it to buy dog food. We don't use it for medical care. We literally use that money for our own selfish purposes of taking each other out and spending it on food for each other. And then we also document that on Instagram stories. So we document everything. I document everything. So let's start, Linda. What do we got? Cindy says, hi, Jeff and Linda. Hey, Cindy. Sabrina says, hi, Linda and Jeff. Hey. Hey, Sabrina. What's going on? Susan. Hi, Jeff. I just wanted to say thank you for helping me have the confidence to start helping people train their dogs. I met with a couple today and was told their GSD had a chemical imbalance. And to, let's see, where are you? Return the dog to the breeder. The dog was just acting snotty and bratty. So, Chances are for somebody to look at a dog mm-hmm. and to say, geez, your dog has a chemical imbalance. What they want to do is they want to sound smart. So you'll find out that I don't sound very smart. I'm pretty blunt. So my ego does not get stroked through sounding smart and making me look more intelligent than you. My ego gets stroked by giving you simple answers and helping you with your dog. That's all I give a shit about. So You know, I don't know of anybody that can assess a chemical imbalance in a dog by eyesight or just a gut feeling. So chances are that just proves their lack of skill set with dogmanship. Next. Mm. So kudos to you, Susan. This one's from Jane. Hi, my puppy always smells the cats and gets excited. He is never alone with them and is corrected with the e-collar for chasing. Should the sniffing be corrected too? If sniffing leads to chasing, 
then yes. Got it? So if sniffing leads to chasing, if it doesn't lead to chasing, well, then you leave it alone. But if that's the precursor to the bad behavior, you do. I was going to make a sniffing pussy joke, but I won't because we're trying to keep this show relatively I'm clean. Really trying hard not to hit you right at now. At least for the first five minutes. Next. Sabrina, what happens on this show stays on this show. Well, well I don't know about that. There you go. Next. This is the internet. <laughs> um, Susan. Oh, that was Return the Dog. Yep, yep. Oh, Russ. Good evening, Jeff and Linda. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ. How are you? Billy. Hello. I am fairly new to the group, but I am very grateful for all the content and videos you've put out. Thank you. Thank you. Billy, welcome to the club. Thank you so much. Uh, C2 Knits. In the place video, you say if the dog leaves place to say no, correct, guide back to place. You said not to repeat the command place. Is it the same when correcting for an off-leash infraction? You can, but you can repeat though. So I'm not sure how old that video is, when that video is. Good night. Oh, good night, Angelo. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break right now. Good night, Ange. Make sure you put a shirt on. Okay? Angela, you want to say hello to the intranet? Hi, everyone. Say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. No, get the heck out of here. Love you. Bye. It's bedtime for Angelo. Eight zero zero. So this is the thing. What you can what you can do is your dog. If you're if you're just teaching the dog, so you're teaching the dog what to do. The dog's in kindergarten. You absolutely can repeat commands. You absolutely guide the dog back. You absolutely reward when the dog goes back. Um, but once the dog knows the command, so it depends on what level you are. Once the dog knows the command and you're at punishment level, it's a, it's a little bit differently. So the sequence would be teaching place, saying no, bring back with place, you mark it. Once the dog knows the command though, you've done it a couple hundred times, it would be just no. But you still would have to lead, guide the dog back possibly the first couple of times because the dog actually has to learn how to be punished. There actually has to be a, a learning um, theory on that. The dog doesn't know what it, what's going on. So you teach that dog what the punishment means. But once you do that one or two times, then the dog actually knows. Next. Um, C2Nit says, nighty night, Angelo. Yes. Uh, Heather, oh man, those kids are cute. Thank really you. Really cute. We think so too. Yes. Um, Oh, Melissa says I didn't get a notification when you went live tonight. Huh. I'm wondering. I'm, won I'm wondering why. Yeah, we did it at eight o'clock. Um, Mondays are usually at nine because of ballet, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mondays are usually at nine, but looks like we're gonna be able to do one at eight. Um, so I'm not quite sure why that eight happened. Eight on Monday? No, no. Oh, today, like tonight's no. tonight's eight. Um, Billy, I'm trying to start my dog on prong collar, but he has so many skin folds on his neck, I can't seem to get a good fit. I think it's snug and can't move it around, but once working, it slips. Any tips? Yeah. So what you want to do is, Billy, I'm not quite sure if you're using a 3-millimeter or a 2.25-millimeter mm -hmm. collar, but what happens is, you know, you want to make sure – you don't ever need anything more than a – bigger than a 3-millimeter prong collar, just to let everybody know. So I've seen millimeter prong collars up to like a 4.75, I think, or a 4.25. Those are huge. So you're doing a 225. So if you're doing a 225, Billy, what I would do is you definitely want to like move all the folds out of the way, have it all the way up as high as you possibly can, 
have as high as you possibly can. If the dog, if the dog, if the collar seems to be slipping down, you might want to take a link out of it. You might want to take a link out mm. of it. So, um, but but what happens often is when you put a collar on a dog, you put a collar on a dog. What will often happen is that their muscles expand. The muscles expand, and then once you start working the dog, the dog gets more into a relaxed state, and then the muscles then go into a relaxed state, and then it often could slide down. So I would try the 225, get it up high. You want to make sure that it doesn't, you know, just freely go around like this. You know, you sort of want it to stay there, you know, maybe one link bigger than you actually need, meaning like one extra link that's not super, super snug. So you know, give that a shot. Guys, let's get your questions on. This is an audience participation show. I know it's a Saturday night. Not as many people are on the show as usual, but that means I've got more time to answer questions. So let's get some questions going on this show. Next. Heather, what would you say are the most important things to start working on day one for your average dog? Crate training thresholds in place? Heather, that's a really, really good um, uh, sequence right there. So imagine a dog comes into us. So if a dog comes into us for a board and train, they're with us from anywhere from three to five weeks. Every once in a while, a dog has to stay with us for eight weeks. Like that dog Mochi, believe it or not, had to stay with us for eight weeks. That was a very, very challenging dog, that little terrier dog, seven years of practice biting. So the first thing the dog does after we sit down with the owners is, um, um, is, uh, uh, take the dog and we put it in the back. So to, in order to go in the back, it has to go through one, two, three doors, and then it goes into a crate. So it goes into a crate or a kennel. We don't have stand-up kennels. We don't have kennel runs that, that lead outside. So most dogs are in sort of like a crate-like structure. We want dogs to wait at the crate and then go in on command. That's the first, that's literally like welcome to solid canine training. That's what it is. The last thing we do is affection. So just think about this when you start training your dog or you bring home a dog from a rescue or a shelter like most of us do, or even from a breeder like, like, like some people do, is we work the dog. So we build the relationship through the work. A lot of people, what they do is they're like, oh, I'll build a relationship first through love and affection. Then I'll start training the dog. The problem with it, with that concept is you're actually allowing the dog eventually to manipulate the hell out of you. And you're letting that dog get away with stuff and it thinks it's acceptable. So literally training starts the minute that dog gets into your vehicle or, you you know, however you get that dog. So, so thresholds are very important. In and out of the crate is very important. Getting used to leash pressure is important. Um, place is a great first command to teach. You don't even need to go for a walk yet. Um, um, doing interior stuff is good. Um, and then you might have to stop some unwanted behaviors right away. The dog jumps on you, boom, you have to stop that. Any growling, you need to stop that. Um, so, you know, we probably, you know, I've got a catchphrase that says we use more food than a food trainer does. We train with food, we train with click clickers. If we're not using a clicker, we're absolutely using a marker. So we use markers for the word yes, we use markers for the word no. Um, after yes, there's a, usually some sort of reward. Historically, it's food in our location. And after no, it's usually a punisher. And that could be anything from a bonker. It could be, and a bonker is this, we'll, we'll talk about this a lot. Bonkers are fantastic punishers. It's just a towel wrapped up with two number 64 um, elastics on it um, or a remote collar. You can, always use a, you can always use the pop of a leash as well. So that's the missing link is that most dog training programs don't have punishments 
for um, um, in the dog training program, which then it's not going to work. You'll never stop an unwanted behavior as well as your dog will be very selective on its, on, even on its known commands. So that's a good sequence to start with. Next. Uh, living life as Leda. I'm having a heck of a time trying to train stand from sit position. I either get a blank stare or a slow sink into down. Any tips? I have both a prong collar and mini educator. Thanks. So we don't train stand <laughs> just to let you know. So where I'm a fan, that's another thing is I'm a family pet dog trainer. So I don't do tricks. I don't do sports. I don't do agility. I don't do fly ball. I'm not against any of those things. I don't do weight pull. I'm not against any of these things at all. In fact, I love them all, but we're family pet dog trainers. To do a stand though, you historically can use a food lure and a leash pressure. Food lure and leash pressure. That's what you're going to do. So from a sit, you can go to a stand um, and you can do that sequence. From a down, you can also then go to a stand, stand as well. We would use a lure though. That's how we would train it. We would use leash pressure with a lure and then you would fade out, you would fade out the lure and you're adding a word to it. But I bet you there's some pretty good videos out there on how to teach a stand, but that's not something that's in our, in our training program because our, it doesn't keep the dog alive for us. There's nothing against it. Train stand. The more commands the dog knows, the, the more fun you'll have with your dog. Next. Um, Heather says, also that photo in between the two paintings is freaking awesome. Yeah, that's Kira doing Hit It. Uh, who took that photo? Linda took that Florida. Mm -hmm. That was down in Florida, photo down in Florida. That's Kira. She can jump off walls, jump off trees, jump off um, the side of my RV. Next. Uh, doggy Detour. I made it. Hi, guys. Awesome, Doggy Woo. Detour. Welcome. Juke. Hi, guys. I just purchased a prong collar. As soon as I put it on my Shiba Inu, he shuts down and squeals as if someone is cutting his leg off. He refuses to walk. Any suggestions? So, Juke, so that's normal. Not acceptable, but normal. Just to let everybody know, though, if you're brand new to these tools, it's not the prong collar causing pain that's making the dog freak out like that. So it's not that. The dog just doesn't, this is just revealing the dog. So we've had dogs do that with flat buckle collars. So we've put a flat buckle collar on a dog and they've totally crocodile rolled. I mean, I've seen that before. I put a slip lead on a dog, which is pretty much a big shoelace. And I've had a dog crocodile roll. So the dog is, what it's doing is it's objecting. It's objecting. Now your Sheba might be a dramatic dog in general, and you're definitely seeing a lot of drama for your mama going on. So what you do is let the dog work through the, work through all the nonsense. We're in no rush here. Go ahead, work through all the nonsense, and then start using leash pressure to get the dog to start to start moving. But your first day might be a little bit messy. We see a lot of dogs also, we don't normally use head halters at all. I'm not against a head halter. And what you're gonna do is you put a head halter on a dog, a lot of dogs will do crocodile rolls on that and they'll freak out when you do that as well. So the dog has to sort of get used to the tool. So we see that, but dogs get worked through that very quickly. Next. Next one's from Nicole. Hey, Nicole. If you are helping someone adopt an adult dog from a shelter, what are the things you you are looking for? Assuming owner is willing and able to do some training, would you do any temperament type testing? You could, but I don't do that type of stuff. So, you know, Brittany, who's on my staff, would do that stuff. This is what I would tell them. Number one, don't get a dog because you like the way it looks. Meaning you can take physical appearance into consideration, but a lot of people are blinded by the attractiveness of a dog. Meanwhile, I mean, hell, the son of Sam was a good looking guy. How'd that work out? So, I mean, what I would, what I would, I'd be super, super careful about 
about that. I wouldn't go with the shyest dog. A lot of people are drawn to these shy, nervous dogs, fearful dogs, because they want to save the dog. I'd be super careful about that. I'd also be super careful about a dog that was like trying to bowl you over, even though the dog that was overly excited is easier to work with than the shy, nervous dog, believe it or not. You want to find a balanced dog. They make a standard temperament test, which I'm not qualified to even give, let alone talk about, because that's not my level of expertise. I usually get dogs, you know, once they've already been pulled and I work with a dog that's in front of me. So there's absolutely ways to pick out a dog from a shelter that's better. You can also talk to, you know, the shelter, shelter, most shelter people lie, unfortunately. Now that is a wide paintbrush stroke. If you work in a shelter, don't take offense, but that's just a matter of pretty much fact, not even opinion, that there's a lot of misinformation in the shelter world, same within the rescue world as well. Um, finding a dog that's got basic neutral behaviors is probably pretty good. But again, if a dog was jumping and pulling, that stuff's easy to fix. Next. Uh, Keith, I consider getting another dog so that my female lab can have a friend. Is that a good reason? And should I introduce the two of them and see how they get along first? Or what's your advice in getting, uh, do you see it? Getting well, a, a play buddy for my dog. So Keith, that's up to you. Do you want two dogs? You know, you're looking at, you know, considerable expense. So do you want double the expense, three times the work? You know, that's up to you. Me, I personally like multiple dogs, but I don't count on my dogs to play with each other to occupy their time. I interact with my dogs to occupy their time, but I'm not against dogs playing out in the yard. Um, so if you want two dogs, get a second dog. How to see if they get along. There's an art to that. I would need to know more about you. I would need to know more about your dog. And then we have to figure out about the other dog. Be careful about wanting them to be best friends or even friends right off the bat. You know, they might, they maybe can't stand each other right off the bat. Um, some dogs are drawn to each other. It all depends on your dog. So, you know, me, I just added a brand new dog, Tex, to the mix. What did I do? I do things a little bit differently and I don't encourage other people to do it. I just literally just like put them with my dogs and I'm like, all right, guys, let's see how this goes. Can you just help me there? Sorry. Don't my, be sorry. My ribs are still. Yeah. My ribs are still healing. Aye. thank you. So I just put I just put Tex in the mix, and if there was going to be a problem, let's figure it out right now. And I would take care of the issue. They happen to get along pretty well. Um, so there's a lot of different theories on that. Definitely going for a walk, structured walk is nice. Um, having them work around each other. Be careful about getting them all aroused. Getting them all aroused. A lot of dogs do stupid stuff when they're aroused. So if there's going to be a fight, it's going to usually be around arousement. Try to get as much history about that dog as you possibly can. Unfortunately, there's a lot of lying that goes on and misinformation in the shelter world. But if they've had that dog out in the play yard, say with a bunch of other dogs, and it's never gotten into a fight, that's usually a good. That's usually a good sign. But you don't want fights. That's what you don't want. Like we deal with fighting dogs every day. Owners are really struggling. It gets really expensive between training and vet bills. And then some dogs just won't work out. Sometimes they have to rehome a dog. So um, let's just look to, for someone to hang out with it first. Next. Uh, Jane says, hi, my dog understands the e-collar, but after some time when I call him and use the e-collar, he will look right at me and just stand there and not come until I go up on the e-collar and call him again. So Jane, the, so this is the thing with the e-collar. 
If your dog absolutely positively understands the remote collar and you've done recall hundreds of times and that dog recalls to you and that dog is all of a sudden starting to do some selective hearing, some selective hearing and decides, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you right now. And you go up on that remote collar and then the dog goes, all right, fine. I'll come running over to you. That means that number that you went up to is your new low number. Got it? So we don't prompt dogs once they're trained. So if I want you to sit, you're underneath voice control. If I want you to down, you're underneath voice control. The remote collar, once the dog is trained, only gets used for non-compliance of a known command. That's what a punisher is for. So punishers are applied when a dog does not do a known command or you're trying to stop an unwanted behavior immediately. So if I had a dog that was doing some selective listening, what I would do is I would do a bunch of recalls with my dog, have the remote at a higher level, and then I would start using that higher level as an immediate prompt for a couple of times, then get off of it. Then you'll see how your dog all of a sudden becomes a better listener to you. And if you're not familiar with remote cowers, I've got lots of free videos on them. A lot of people call them shock cowers. I often call them a shock cower as well. They don't shock a dog. It's not electricity. It's not like sticking your finger in in outlets. We like e-cower technologies and dog trail. We like to train on those because of the variable levels from zero up to 127 or up to 100 in the half a mile range. Garmin and Sport Dog are good. Sport dogs run a little bit hot for me, but they're good for punishments. Garmin, I'm not a big fan of some of the, 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 the handsets, so I struggle with that a little bit. Um, there's a lot of cheap remote cowers. I'd say stay away from them. So you see a lot of these cowers that are under $50 on Amazon. I, would, I wouldn't put them on my dog at all. Um, so you know, I want to make sure that I've got a nice consistent stim and that um, when I'm working the, the, the equipment, I just want to have good equipment. I want, to, I want to make sure that I can trust my equipment. So that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Next. Uh, this one's from Stephen. Hey, Stephen. During training, how much should be expected of a 16-week GSP, especially place command? So duration training um, with, a, with a German short-haired pointer is four months old. You know, if you're giving yourself 30 minutes, you're doing a good job. You know what I mean? But I would start doing, you know, you probably want to do it you know, depends if you're like, geez, I'm only at 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, well, if you've done, if you've done 16 weeks old, I don't know how long you've been working with that dog, but let's say you've been working with that dog for a month. So place could have been done about 200 times by now. Um, so like dogs are usually in place. Like right now I've got three of my dogs are in place. They're all next to me. Um, for all the folks on, on audio, I apologize, but I'll just move the camera over here. That's Tex right there. There's Kira. Kira's in heat right now, big time heavy heat. And then there's Girl. Tex is a new dog for me. So um, this is this is Kira's first heat with a well, actually not a first heat with a male because um, Mac's been around and so is Ronan, right? Yeah. But this is Tex's first time experiencing heat with my dog. So it's been an interesting week. There's been a lot of, there's been some pretty high corrections for Tex for his in, unacceptable um, gentlemanly behavior. Non-gentlemanly. Non-gentlemanly mm -hmm. behavior, right. Yes. Next. 
All right. So to answer your question, Stephen, I know I went on a ramble here. I'm just thinking about. So if you're, I'd like to see a 16 week old dog. I'd like to start seeing them do at least a 30 minute um, um, duration. Next. Donnie. Hey guys, I'm planning on going to your RV seminar in Virginia. Nice. My mouth's main issue is leash reactivity towards dogs. Is that something we can fix during, during e-collar seems to escalate him on my own. Yes, but I'm not going to be in Virginia. So I'm going to be in Frederick, Maryland in Greenville, South Carolina. So this year I'm not going to be in Virginia. I've done one in Virginia. I think I did one in Roanoke a while ago. So, so make sure that you're at you know, you can't even buy a ticket for a Virginia seminar because there's only, there's only, there, there, there is none, but yes, whatever your, whatever your dog is struggling with, we will work on live in the moment, right at the seminar. So we have dogs, like if you look at photos from the Providence seminar, I think there was 18 dogs there and they were all like literally lying down next to each other. Many of those dogs are leash reactive. Many of those dogs are dog aggressive. Many of those dogs were human aggressive. Most of the, a lot of those dogs didn't know how to do a downstay for any length of time. And they did it, you know, in a weekend. Same with my Indiana seminar, which photos will probably go up by Tuesday or Wednesday. You'll see, you know, a couple hundred photos from that, from that as well. So we work on everything. If you can get your dog to the seminar, I'll work with your dog. Next. Um, Liz, how old do you ease off food? Pup is anticipating food and occasionally ignoring commands or taking sweet time to obey. Just got e-collar and educating me on it. Feeling it's definitely time at 20 weeks. So you got a five-month-old dog. On some stuff, depends how long you've been working on it. So we do, we do, you know, hundreds if not thousands of reps with food. So, you know, what we do is, but if your dog is, is understanding the command, so if you say down, and your dog is downing, and then you're then you're marking it and applying a food for food reward. So you shouldn't be luring at that point. You should be you should be rewarding. There's a difference between a lure and a reward. Um, what I would start doing is it's time to probably start applying your punisher for non-compliance. That's the missing link in all of dog training is there's no punisher for non-compliance. We don't want to be prompting anymore. So owners don't usually go home with food. Owners don't go home with a clicker. Owners shouldn't be going home with prompting. They should all go from a board and train. They should all be on punishment only, meaning the dog's underneath voice control. For the first week or so, hold on one second. Excuse me, I gotta really be careful about. So if you don't know, I cracked some ribs. So if I burp or if I yawn or if I cough or if I swallow too much, it, it causes immense pain. So I've got to actually think about those things consciously to make sure that I like try to hold it in or do something else, which probably isn't good for me. So I would, I would say start getting off of food for all your basic obedience, start applying a punisher, but with a punisher, the dog should be on a leash and also make sure you guide that dog because it's not just about saying no to the dog. And then you still got to tell the dog what to do for the first couple of times in the sequence, in the sequence. Next. Um, Bonita. Hey, Bonita. Hi, Jeff. Watched all your videos before I got my standard poodle pup. Smart. Still can't get him to stop mouthing by putting thumb in mouth, as you suggest. Any more tips? Thanks so much. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure how old your dog is, but if that didn't work, I would try that only a couple of times, and if that didn't work, I would stop. I'd go right to a bonker. So what I would do is I would say the word no, and then I would just, boom, bop the dog on the head extremely firmly, extremely firmly. You can do that. You can also use a pet convincer. Pet, I'd rather just use a bonker. Pet convincer is compressed air. The dog's mouthing on it. I would, you know, do that with a pet convincer. But I'd rather just use a, bon a good old-fashioned bonker. You know, 
this this is the thing with mouthing. And a lot of people will go, oh, you should never punish a dog because you'll ruin the relationship. So a little bit of newsflash here, guys. Most dogs are turned into shelters pre-one years old, pre-one years old. A huge amount of dogs are turned in pre-six months old. The reason why they're turned in is because they wouldn't stop an unwanted behavior. That's why they're turned into shelters. You will not ruin the relationship. If you don't stop mouthing with your dog, you will not have a relationship with your dog. If you've got children, they will hate that dog. They'll be excited for the first couple of days. Now, is your dog overly tired? So a lot of times when dogs are overly tired, they do that mouthing stuff. They do stupid stuff. So at 20, how old is that puppy? We don't even know how old that puppy is. So, you know, you get yourself a dog that's up to about 14 weeks old. They're, they're spending about 18 hours a day in a crate, not continuously, but over the course of the day. So with, with, with all of our puppies and all of our dogs, if we're not working them or walking them or doing social with them, or maybe there's a little, a little bit of playtime, those dogs are kenneled up and they're taught how to relax. They're taught how to relax. So next. Um, doggy detour, LOL, Shiba Inu is, is a drama queen. So you're probably seeing a little bit of drama for your mom in there. Yep. Billy, any tips to stop mouthing and nipping because he's being bratty? I've tried closing mouth and pressing my thumb on tongue, but any touch to his head just amps him up. Keep trying or do something else. It's a five-month-old rat terrier. So if you got a five-month-old dog that's mouthing you, I would take a bonker and I would say no, and I would throw the bonker at the dog's head. You're not going to hurt your dog. I, for some reason, people are people are really, really averse to this whole bonker thing. I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed by by owners or even trainers that totally freak out. It's like, oh, you're hitting your dog. They're like, oh, you're hitting your dog. I think number one, I think if you're yelling and screaming and you're applying any technique to your dog, you're probably doing it wrong and you're frustrated. But I think if you're if you're cool, calm, and collected, and you apply a punisher, that's a pretty powerful message to give to your dog. So if I had a five-month-old dog and it was nipping me, there'd be a pretty high-level consequence. Because why? Because I'm a big-picture guy. If I don't stop this, this dog's not going to last in my house. Can't be around my kids. And I think almost everybody everybody can agree on that as well. So I'd rather stop all these behaviors now instead of having to like. I mean, to get, you know, get rid of a dog. And a lot of people will say, I would never get rid of my dog. Well, for some reason, 4 million people a year are, and they're not, they're not assholes. So a lot of people are like, oh, only bad people get rid of their dog. That's the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard. Good people get rid of their dogs too. You know, good, good people get rid of their dogs. And, and, you know, on, on, on that, we, we, we had, there's this German shepherd there, Maybe I'll do a whole separate thing on this. I think I'm gonna do a whole separate thing on this, but but yeah, but a lot of good people are getting rid of their dogs because they can't get help. They've gone to trainers, they've gone to three trainers, four trainers, five trainers, they've gone to a behaviorist, they've asked their vet for help, but nobody can help them. So after a while, they're like, We can't have this dog in our house, and then they find a trainer that understands reward and punishment, and then they're like, Okay, now now we're making some progress. But I get it. If I if I had a dog that was that was always biting me, and I couldn't find an answer, and all these professionals couldn't help me, that would put me in a really really rough spot. I get it. I get. It. I got a lot of empathy for people that are struggling with their dogs. So next, 
Um, this one's from Jake. I have a thick fur dog and the e-collar isn't working 100% of the time. What should I do? So Jake, welcome to the show. What I would do is I would make sure you're using thick fur contact <clears throat> points. Thick fur contact points. So you want to be using those, number one. Number two, you might want to shave down some areas. So if you got yourself like, and you get yourself like an elk hound or an Akita, some of your German shepherds, you know, you get yourself some, some of these other dogs, you know, you're not shaving it down to the skin, but contact is everything. If you don't have contact, then, then you're not, the dog's not feeling the stim. So without contact, you're going to get variable responses from the remote. So you want to make sure that you've got proper contact. So that's what I would do next. That is what we do. Everything I suggest, guys, is stuff we do, by the way. So there's been a couple of questions where I'm like, I got no idea. That's because we don't do it. All right. If I don't, if I haven't done it hundreds of times or thousands of times, I'm not going to pass that information on to you. I find that unethical. So I only give out advice that we have done and that has worked. And it works consistently across the board with every single breed out there and every age out there. But I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to say, oh, do this because I heard it works. No. I'm only going to give you out advice, and I just want to make sure that people know that because I think it's important for people to take advice from people that have actually done the work. Next. Um, double duckling. Hi, Carrie here. <clears throat> Sorry. I correct my dog with a an e-collar for a visual trigger. She stops in that instant around 60 on mini educator, but then continues to load and try to look at the other dog. Do I correct again at higher level? Thanks. So you answered your own question, Carrie, and I'm glad that you're starting to use common sense because that's what's missing out there. So yes, higher level. Got it? So I can't use this example with Linda because I'm allowed to grab her boob, but I use that with Joelle sitting next to me all the time. So pretend that this was not my wife. Actually, if I grabbed her boob, she'd probably kick me in the nuts too. So, all right. So I'll, I'll use Linda as an example. So say I go up to Linda and I grab her, and if I grab her boob and she's like, Jeff, stop that. And she like pushes my arm away. You know, obviously that's foreplay to us dudes. So what, what, what we would do, what I would do is like, I'd mm -hmm. probably go in for another feel. Got it. And she'd be like, but hold on. I, I punished you. I corrected you. Okay. But if she freaking gave me a kidney punch and knocked me to the ground, I probably would stop. Correct? If she kneed me in the nuts and I like was on the ground, I probably would stop. Now, I'm not saying you should be giving your dog kidney punches or knocking your dog in the nuts, especially if it's a female, because then that can't happen. But what I would say is you need to make the punishment intolerable. You need to make the punishment intolerable. Without an intolerable punishment, a behavior will not stop. So we think sometimes that we're punishing our dogs, but we're not because the dog keeps doing it again. So technically it wasn't a punishment. So yes, use common sense and go up next. Um, Cindy, I have good responses with the e-collar for the littler things, but for the bigger things like biting or trying to kill my cats, would a Skype session help or should I save for a boarding train? So you, there's no reason why you need to do a boarding train if free advice works or a Skype session works. So free advice, Skype session. If you had to do a boarding train, you do a boarding train. But meanwhile, that's how we make a living. But 
I don't want I don't want people to spend the money if they don't need to spend the money. I'd rather see if I can fix it for free or very inexpensive. So what I would do is this. It's working for the small stuff because the small stuff don't mean shit to your dog. The big stuff means more. Just remember, dogs will break underground fencing, invisible fencing, underground fencing to chase a deer. A shock on an underground fence is extremely painful to a dog. Extremely painful. They will knowingly, knowingly go through that fence, knowing that there will be a punisher, knowing it's going to hurt to chase a deer. Think about that. Because the chasing a deer is a bigger reward than the punisher. That becomes a challenging that now you're challenged now. Now what do you do, right? Now what do you do? Most remote cowards don't go as high as the underground fence goes. So what I would do is at the first sign your dog is doing a one of those bad behaviors, like chasing the cat, as soon as that dog starts looking at that cat, I'd go super high. So a lot of people, what they do is they're chasing the bad behavior. What I tell people to do is this, small infraction, huge consequence. Small infraction, huge consequence. And we do this with dogs where we know the narrative. So we know the narrative. So you tell me that your dog chases cats. Great, I got that information. So that means if your dog even looks at a cat, I'm gonna come down like it was the end of the world on your dog. And your dog's gonna go, holy shit, all I did was just look at that cat and look what happened. I better not even think about chasing that cat. And that's what we're looking to do. That's what we're looking to do. We talk about that all the time. In fact, I just gave out some um, advice on Instagram. By the way, if you're not on our Instagram, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram stories. We have a lot of fun. You'll see a lot of back of back scenes, back scene stuff, back backstage, backstage, behind the scenes, some behind the scenes stuff of my family and work nonsense. When I travel, you see travel nonsense. So somebody asked about the cat thing and I, I use the example of sobriety. So say you're an alcoholic or a drug addict and you're trying to be sober. Okay. You're trying to be sober and you've been through rehab and say, I'm the one that's in charge of keeping you sober. That's one of my responsibilities, whether I'm your sponsor or just a good friend or a family member. And if you call me up and if you say in your one week out of your one week out of rehab and you're going, Hey, Jeff, I think I'm going to go to the bar and have one drink. Now, I know the narrative. I know your history. You're an alcoholic. You've never had one drink in your life. Maybe when you were five, you had a drink. But from six on, you've just been having like a bottle minimum. So you have one drink. No. So not only would a high punisher come down at, the, at one drink, Theoretically, the punisher should have come down when you were thinking about having that one drink. So the first sign that you think about having it, that's when the punisher comes down. Joelle's here, but she's not here. Maybe she had to go to the bathroom. I'm I just hear. worried that she had to go around. Did you have to go around the back again? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it, Clover must be locking Clover's the door. Clover's locking the door then. <laughs> she's like obsessed with it. Yeah. Clover's locking the door. Yep. Yeah. So there's a, there was a top chat that all of a sudden disappeared. Uh, yeah, what happened? $5 top $5. Yep. I don't I have no idea. So keep going. Well, it'll, we'll come down to it again. Yep. Um, Nicole, 
thanks. I used to volunteer at a shelter. They do only say the good things. My problem shelter dog has taught me a lot about training and myself. Just wondering for next time. Yep. Yeah, shelter people lie, unfortunately. Next. C2 Knits. I have two dogs and two places. Should each dog have her own place or can they switch it up? That's up to you. They can switch it up if they want to. They can switch it up if they want to. Um, Teresa. So a question. I have been able to stop bad behavior with Tucker's e-collar in the yard going after animals. How do I stop him from freaking out from the sound of bicycles while we are out on a walk? So at the beginning, the beginning I'm just checking my dogs, make sure there's no nonsense going on. Um, mm -hmm. I think Kira's being just as bad as, as Tex over here with a bangy bangy. Um, so what I want you to do is at the, at the bicycles, you want to start getting your dog around bicycles at a little bit of a distance, walk your down dog around bicycles, use the remote collar to teach your dog remote collar heel, and then you start getting closer to bicycles. And at the beginning of the sequence of your dog getting aroused on bicycles, you got to shut that down immediately. So you shut it down right, right away. Start with a little bit of distances. Don't, I'm not talking about doing a BAT protocol, BAT protocols. If people are trying BAT protocols, it's like an 18-month program. It rarely ever works. It's really complicated. It takes too long, and you don't need to be able to – you don't need to do that. You can do the same thing in about, you know, three weeks with a remote collar. So to me, quick is better, you know. Um, so get your dog around bicycles and get your dog to be desensitized to it by, boom, apply your punisher at the first sign of arousal of a bicycle. Next. Um, Michael? Started board and train yesterday. Severe separation anxiety for eight years. Night and day difference from the dog he was two days ago. Not that I ever doubted you, but it's amazing to see firsthand. Yeah, Michael, that's fine. A lot of people doubt me. A lot of people doubt me. I, we I welcome that. I welcome that. You know, as long as people are respectful, I don't give a shit. You know, <clears throat> but 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 Michael, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's working for you. I'm glad that's working <laughs> for you. And congratulations for helping a family. Next. Um, doggy detour. I'm a small rescue, but I like to tell potential adopters all the bad stuff as I believe people know what their issues are they can handle. Doggy D. Tor, thank you for your for your transparency. Next. Julian. I got a call. <coughs> How would you go about making a nervous dog feel comfortable in crowds? The first thing I would do is I'd get that dog to feel comfortable not in crowds. So I would do a lot of confidence building stuff. So first of all, obedience train that dog to walk properly on a leash. Have that dog in a proper heel. I'd remote collar train that dog in a proper heel. What I want that dog to do is think I'm the most important thing in the world and nothing else in the world matters. You do that with a combination of food, training, and a remote collar. Then what I would do is I would start getting that dog around as many different environmentals as possible. Environmentals mean is, is the stimulus that we exist in our outside world. So getting that dog around maybe just a few people. And getting that dog, again, to do well, heel around a few people, getting the dog to be not ignoring all the noise, the outside noise. And then I would start adding layers of more environmentals, more and more people to it. So the goal is when you're walking that dog, it doesn't know it's in a crowd. It just thinks it's you and you and the dog. That's what we do. Next, we just did a put up a video on Instagram with two dogs today walking through a farmer's market. It wasn't a real busy farmer's market. There was a dog that actually came towards one of our dogs. These are highly leash reactive dogs. And that's exactly how we did that. Next. Um, Lori. Hey, Lori. Bonk, five-pound puppy, four months for chewing his leash or... Sounds good to me. Next. Katie. 
Dog with low food drive and some mild separation anxiety, much better thanks to you. Increase food drive by only feeding while training or feeding crate to associate crate with food. No, I would use I would use the dog's daily kibble for training. That's what we do. So we we use true food training is we take the dog's daily food and we use it to train. Do that. And if the dog doesn't want to take the food, then the dog doesn't eat. But we don't withhold food. This isn't SeaWorld, the zoo, or or an animal park. What we do is like, there's the food. Let's go. Next. Um, Keith, should I consider a puppy as a second dog or it's better to get an older one? I don't mind putting in the work with a puppy. I feel that you can train and support their growth better. My first dog will be a year old. Um, if you want to get a puppy, get a puppy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, shop, don't adopt or adopt, don't shop. I don't buy into that. I mean, I've only gotten one of my dogs from a breeder. All my other dogs I've acquired over the years just through different things. So Tex just came to me. He's two years old. You know, Kira, when I got her, she was two. But all my dogs are, but I've got no problem going to a breeder. My next dog is going to be a, probably a German Shepherd. And I don't know how I'll get it. You never know. In fact, I just saw a really good male German Shepherd last week. But I'm not ready for another dog right now. But I would probably get that dog. It's a one-year-old dog. But my next dog will probably come from the best source that I can find. So if you want to get a puppy, you know, get your, get yourself a puppy or cruise your shelters and see what's out there. There's some really great dogs in shelters. There's some fan, we meet fantastic dogs in shelters. So you can try that. Try that first. Next. I love when you say fantastic. Um, Becca. Hey, Becca. What's the protocol for increasing time and place? My dog is fidgety and it's hard to keep him there. Been working it about two weeks. He's a nine month old, flatty mix. Had almost a month now. So you've been working on it for two weeks. It's time for you to say no with a leash correction. So no, and then leash correction, and then put the dog back in place. Okay, put the dog back in place. That's how you do it. Next. Renee, my dog seems to have a hard time associating anything but his typical cot as place. When I command place, he acts as if he's uh, got to find out where yep. his cot is which we keep one in the house and outside. So what I want you to do is I want you to keep a leash on the dog and lead the dog to different objects and call them place. So place could be a dog bed. It could be a dog mat. It could be a bath mat. It could be a towel. It could be a tree stump. It could be a park bench. Place can be anything. Place can be anything. So in my RV, one of my couches is place. So if you followed my RV journey um, last week, well, how long have I been home for? A week, a couple days? I, can't I was on the road for, I think, 10 days or so. You came home on Tuesday, didn't you? Tuesday? I don't know. When did we come home, Joel? Tuesday. Tuesday. I don't know. Tuesday? So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. So, I, Tuesday sounds good. Um, <laughs> so, I, I've got this a, a bed, a, a couch that's actually place. Next. Um, Stephanie. Okay, hey, we went to get our dog from Borden training today. She learned good stuff, but the trainer yanked her so hard. It took her clean off her feet. I don't know why I can't read this. While well, feet were was dangled, was tangled in leash. She told me it wasn't hurting her. What's your thoughts? I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, Steph. Was this our boarding train? I don't know if it was a male trainer that would have done the drop off. No. Um, this is the thing. Like I don't know. I wasn't there. I would. I would. The last thing you want to do is like go back to the trainer. You know and say, well, Jeff says it hurts. Nobody fucking wants to hear what Jeff has to say, especially another trainer. That's for sure. So 
you know, this is the thing is like, I've got no idea. Everybody's got a different idea of what pain and discomfort and acceptable and not acceptable, you know, training is and behavior is. So I wasn't there. I have no idea at all. Um, you know, I would, you know, see how your dog does, see how your dog does, but it all depends on what the dog was doing too. But correcting a dog so hard that it comes off its feet, that'd have to be a pretty good, that'd have to be a pretty good offense in order to do that. Next. Uh, Susan. Hey, Susan. I'm working with family, friends, and vet clients from my work with their dogs. And right now I do it at no charge and just ask for a review on social media and that I can video progress. Is this okay? It is okay, Susan. Eventually you're going to want to get rid of your reviews though, because of all the trolls that are on social media. So all of our reviews we've gotten rid of, at least on our, on our, on our thing. I think we still, people can still leave like probably Google reviews and Yelp reviews. I don't pay attention to those because there's so many trolls out there. The, the biggest thing is content. So photo photograph and video content is, is what you're looking for. And obviously experience is what you're looking for. Next. Uh, Stephanie said she looked very scared, but has seemed to go back to normal once she was home for a few hours. He took my dog out to potty for like five minutes. She didn't use it. And he was mad when she went potty in the training room. All right. So this is the thing. It doesn't sound like it was our place because because I think we only had females females on today. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that could be a warning. That could be a warning. I mean, you definitely don't want somebody that's frustrated working with your dog, but don't. But again, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So don't say Jeff says, you know, you're mean, mean to my dog. Nobody wants that because I don't talk about other trainers and I don't know. So I can't really give an opinion on something that I didn't I didn't observe. But the, the, the concept of your dog being afraid, I can address that, though. Like, dogs can be afraid. It's OK. It's OK for a dog to be afraid. So I assure you, text mounted Kira today and had a remote collar on, uh, I made that, I made Tex very afraid to do that. And I used a remote collar at a very high level. So, but the recovery time is usually pretty quick, especially with a dog that's pretty balanced. But fear is a powerful motivator. But a lot of times, a lot of folks will take their frustrations out on a dog when they, they, they should probably stop working the dog in the moment. You definitely don't want it. You definitely don't want to do that. Um, most issues are hugely human error, especially. So your dog will be fine. Your dog's not going to suffer any trauma from that correction. They don't. I've corrected enough dogs in my life that there'll be no trauma. So text today got a correction pretty freaking high. And I assure you there was no trauma at all. There was no trauma at all. And at the moment, it sucked, but they recover pretty well. Next. Um, I found that top chat from Karen. Oh, good. Sorry Look, about that, Karen. Looking forward to South Carolina, trying to decide dog to bring. Six-month-old healer or eight-year-old Aussie pit has dog aggression, e-collar trained with outbursts. Advice? Um, I would bring, first of all, can't wait to see you in Greenville. Um, that's good. That's a great place for a seminar. I love doing the Astro Kennels. What I would do is I would bring the one that you feel you need the most help and guidance with that you can't do on your own. That's what I would do. I would do the one that you need me for the most. So go, go with that one. Go with that one. Having the aggressive dog there, that can be a little bit challenging sometimes for people to do on their own. So that's something you might want me to help you with, but it's up, totally up to you. And you still got time. You still got time. You got time to think about it. 
next? This one's from Heather. I trained a puppy. He turned out amazing. And then it came time to use punishers. And she fired me because she said there are better ways to train a dog. I just saw him at the park two days ago. And he is a complete disaster. It's like most of my work went right out the window. So sad to see a good dog turn so bad. So Heather, this is the thing, Heather. I'm going to I'm gonna turn the tables a little bit on you. And I'm not throwing you under the bus or I don't shame or I don't blame. But from a business standpoint, why didn't you know that there'd be a problem using a punisher before you took the dog? So this could be an educational moment for everybody out there. So as a trainer, everybody knows how I train and my staff train because we explain it. We've got videos that show our work and we explain what we're going to do. These are the tools we use. This is our philosophy. This is how we train what we want. And this is how we stop what we don't want. So you have to sort of reflect in on that one, Heather. You, you let this person in the door, as we call it. So you let them in. So it's called 100% responsibility. And you might be calling me a fucking asshole right now, Heather, and that's okay. I don't mind. Even if you said it to my face, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But what we call is we call it 100% responsibility. You let the client in the door. You didn't do enough pre-screening of the client finding out if they were the right client for you. And you probably didn't explain your process well enough. Now, the cool thing about all those things is now you know next time what to work on. So now what you're going to do is you're going to make videos about how you train. So you're going to make a video. It's going to say, hey, everybody, this is Heather. Just to let everybody know, this is my training philosophy. And this is how I train dogs. And this is how I then I punish dogs. And these are the punishers that I use. And then if somebody sees that video and they're like, whoa, I'm not comfortable with that, cool. Well, then don't hire me. And then you're going to make a video showing people how to actually train their own dog. And so then if this person watches that video, they'll be like, okay, well, that's I like how you train it, but I don't like how you punish it. Then you'll know before they walk in through the door, well, then don't have me train your dog. Because I'm not mad. I got no fairy dust in my little treat pouch here. There's no magic. So what I want to do is I, you know, I'm talking to you like if you were like if I was doing some consulting with you and you were this was a Skype, a business Skype session, I'd be like, listen, it's easy to blame the owner, but let's look at ourselves. I do the same thing to myself all the time just to let you know. So if, if an employee is struggling, I don't pass it off on a bad employee. I'm like, what did Jeff do that didn't explain the process well enough? Does that make sense? If I've got an employee that quits because they're unhappy, I'm not like, well, fuck them. It's like, is there something that I did or am not doing that I couldn't make the workplace more enjoyable or more productive or fulfill their wants and needs in the workplace so they would have stayed? So it's great information back. It's great information back. Now, as far as the dog being a wreck, no surprise because the dog's not being held accountable. But don't take it personal. Don't take it. Don't take any of this personal, Heather. Please, all right. I'm just using you as an example for to get a message out to like a pretty big audience here, and I love you, Heather. Thank you. I'm done. Next. Okay. Cindy says thanks, Jeff. Right now, I don't let him near the cats or my adult children. Cool. Steve-O. my dog is in place right now. Thank you for your videos. I recommend you to everyone. Thank you, Steve-O-V. 
Um, Caroline, how would you kid test a dog fresh from the shelter in a safe way? That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd use my kid. I'd use, I would use Angelo, number one. Dog would have to be muzzled up, but I don't even want that dog to muzzle punch my kid. So that would take a while to do. We'd have to figure that one out. So you got to make sure the kid is trained too. So you got to make sure the kid is trained. You got to make sure that the dog is trained or behaved. So if you've got a dog on a leash and a kid walks by and the dog lunges at the kid, now that can be stopped. But do you really want that dog? Do you want that dog? So right off the bat, your dog's going, I want to go after you, kid. And you're like, man, I got my work cut out for me. Now, we work with dogs like that all the time. But would you want that to be your family dog? That's the big thing. So that's 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 how you're going to do it. But at the shelter, it's hard. It's hard to get a true assessment at the shelter. You're sort of going to get the dog out of the shelter. So next. It's 901. Oh, Joelle, you're on. Thanks, Linda. Mm -hmm. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Hey, everybody on Spotify, everybody on SoundCloud, everybody on iTunes, everybody on Google, everybody on iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. We're not done yet. We got more of the show. Everybody on um, YouTube, obviously, YouTube Live. Thank you so much. We're on Steve-O, Caroline, Jake. Jake. Should I keep using Stay Command or cut it out completely? Also, what is your Patreon page link? The Patreon page link is patreon.com slash solid canine training. And if you go to my website, there's a link right there on solid canine training. You can go there. You can you can fade the you can fade the 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 state command out. Just go to no. So when we we train sit, down, place, um, we don't use stay. It's built in, it's default. So it's a default command. So how do we build it in? We teach the dog place. If they get up, we teach it no. Next. Beverly, male foster dog protective of his sister dog and acts aggressively to other dogs. Should these two dogs be adopted out separately or are they a bonded pair? Well, even if they are a bonded pair, they can still be adopted out separately. Because what happens if you find two good homes? If you find one good home and they only want one of the dogs. So dogs don't have to be adopted out. They'll do fine. If you adopt them out together, you might be setting that family up for massive failure and danger. So maybe they shouldn't be adopted out together. Now that stuff can be fixed. You know, we can, you know, we can, we can, we can fix that stuff. But what I would start doing is if they're at your house right now, if you're fostering them, I would put them in separate crates and I would start working them separately. And I would start trying to correct all that behavior now to make them more, make them more adoptable. But a lot of people are like, oh, they must be adopted, adopted together. No, they don't. No. Next. Did you do this 499 top chat? Mm -mm. I didn't see it. Sorry. And I'm really getting sick too. Um, Sabrina, Frozone, my American Eskimo, still scared but beginning to use the brain more. Fun to see him correct himself. Awesome, Sabrina. Good to hear. Really good to hear. Next. Uh, Karen, the don't shop adopt is telling people not to buy from puppy stores who get their pups from the puppy mills. Got it. Um, so, but this is the thing about that. All these shelter dogs that though, all these shelter dogs that we're adopting, I'm not trying to start an argument here at all, but all these shelter dogs, they all, ca they all came from puppy mills. Most of them, 
lot of them came from puppy mills. So that's the that, that's the problem. That's the vicious cycle that we live in. Because puppy mills and pet stores, at least in Rhode Island, we have no pet stores. Pet stores, I think, are illegal in Rhode Island now. A lot of states are making pet stores illegal. They've got a pretty big, they've got a pretty big um, funding though behind them as far as like in gov in governments. Because I'm a little bit familiar with that. But most dogs in shelters, well, we don't know where these dogs came from. They could have come from backyard breeders. They could have come from pet stores. They could have come from all different places. But that's sort of like a that's a big hot button for a lot of people. So I'll probably stay off that next. But thank you for the thank you for the explanation. Uh, Melissa posted the link to your Patreon page. Thanks, Melissa. Uh, Stephanie, no, not your board and train. I only wish I lived in Rhode Island because she would have been with you. Oh, cool. Um, doggy detour. It would not let me share the Patreon page address. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I'm stuck here. Okay. Go ahead. Wouldn't let you share it. Nope. Who said that? Um, doggy detour. Um, but Melissa shared it. Yeah. Melissa shared it. Got it. Next. All right, Kurt S. Dog reacts when someone comes to the house. After initial blow up, she will go into place. I know you say if the dog blows up, your correction is too late. How to correct when she goes zero to 100 so quick? You got to set it up, Kurt. So you got to set it up. And I need a cup of coffee here. Um, I know it's been going. Did I tell you that I only got, I went to bed at 2.20 last night. I woke up at 4.30. Oh my God, I'm going on like four hours. I know. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> what the hell was up with that? So tired. What time were we on the boulevard? 6.45? Yeah. It's craziness. Um, what you got to do is you got to see the signs. You got to see the signs. As soon as you start, I know it's hard. Zero to 100 is hard, but there's always going to be a sign. There's always going to be a tell. So you got to find that tell. So it could be anything from like a ear raise to a look to a furrowed brow to a, to a stopping of the breath. You got to find that one thing and boom, you got you to get the dog there next. Uh, Stephanie, she got off place without command and she got, and he got aggravated. And that's when he jerked her clean off her feet with a choke collar and oh. she let out a big yelp. It looked and sounded awful. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't use choke chains. You know, we use prong collars. Prong collars look horrific, but they're actually safer than a choke chain. I mean, that's obviously their training style. That's obviously their training style. So, you know, what I would do is I would, I would, I'd go back and I'd talk to them. You know, talk talk to them. That's what you want to do. If you're uncomfortable, you want to talk to them. You know, there might have been a lot of good that they did, you know, but I, I would talk to them. I would always talk to them about any any of their any of their concerns. That's why we put out a lot of videos so people can sort of see our training style and, and see the work we do. And if people ask us, like, well, I'll explain to people what we're going to do, like, step by step. If you go to one of my seminars, I'll tell you how I'm going to stop your dog from jumping. And I'm going to tell you what your dog's going to do. If your dog's going to make an audible, I'll tell you your dog's going to make an audible. If your dog's going to look afraid, I'll tell you your dog's going to look afraid. You know, so I'm pretty good at reading dogs and knowing how dogs respond to, to certain training techniques that we do because we've worked with so many dogs. But, you know, the thing about a pickup, a board and train pickup is a lot of times the owner comes in, dogs don't do as well as they do when they're with the trainer. So that's to be expected. So there's always going to be a little bit of, a little bit of slide back. But sometimes, sometimes trainers let their egos get in the way. I mean, I've got a pretty damn big ego, but I don't let it get in the way of having an owner be successful. So sometimes if a dog doesn't do well at a, at a pickup, 
they they their their ego is hurt possibly that like they didn't do a good job, but instead knowing it's like, but that's what happens sometimes at pickups when owners are there. So it's a good time to learn how to troubleshoot. It's a good time to learn how to troubleshoot. Next. Uh, Katie Meyer, two-year-old hound doesn't like tug, fetch, etc. Only exercise is one to two mile walks a day or the dog park. I get that dog parks are not great in that situation. Would you advise getting another dog so he can play at home? Katie, that's up to you. That's up to you. I mean, you can teach tug and fetch. Um, I don't teach it. I mean, I can teach tug. We don't teach fetch. There's forced fetch. This is the thing. You could bicycle with your dog. You could run with your dog, swim with your dog, walk more with your dog, get a treadmill for your dog. I mean, if you if you want another dog, though, get another dog. But who says they'll play together? They might not play together. They might be in, they might be incompatible, right? So if they're incompatible, well then now you got yourself another dog, which is fine. But I'd be I probably wouldn't get a dog so it would play with my dog. I'd, I'd come up with play dates instead. I'd come up with play dates instead. Next. Heather S. My client was on board with Punishers. Then the vet advised her against it. So she turned the tables on me. I'm definitely transparent with how I work, but really good point. Oh, Heather S. Cool. You're still here. So you didn't tell me to go fuck myself. Cool. So I appreciate that. And thanks for your candor and your transparency. So that's the problem. Vets need to shut up. You know what I mean? I love my vets. But stop giving out dog training advice because you don't know shit. You know, you don't. I'm sorry, but you don't. Most dog trainers don't know shit. Vet sure as hell doesn't. And most of them don't know anything about nutrition either. So mind your business on that one. And I don't know about nutrition either, so don't ask me. But all I know is if you're pumping out science diet and hills, you don't have the dog's health in the best interest, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But it's also a lot of people's opinions. The thing is that we've had we've had owners start training with us and they've here's a great example. We want all dogs to be off of drugs before they come to a board and train. So I'm not going to tell somebody how to get their dog off drugs because that's not my level of expertise and there might be an ethical issue into that. So I'm like, you can either look online or talk to your vet. So you talk to your vet about it and it might come out that, yeah, you're sending your dog to a board and train to solid canine training. And he'll go, oh, don't do that. They use shock collars. Now, if you're going to change your mind about sending your dog to me because your vet told you that shock collars are bad, then I'm probably not going to want you as a client anyway. But most clients of ours will go, all right, vet, I'll listen to you when it comes to the medical stuff but you haven't been able to help me on the training stuff yet. But I always tell people, when you go to your vet, they're not going to probably like how I train. Not just me personally, but a lot of people in my industry. The problem is that because they don't know anything, they saw a little leaflet or a pamphlet, or they, they went to a seminar where someone says positive reinforcement is the only way you should train. The problem is they're just repeating stuff. They're repeating catchphrases and they don't, and they don't know. So it's a good conversation to have with the owner. It's like, it's a good conversation. It's like, listen, you knew how I train. So there you go. I got more information from you now, Heather. You knew how I train and now you have a problem with how I train. Okay, well, you're allowed to have a problem, but we're done. I mean, I guess we're done now. Now we're done. So next. 
Angelina, my dog used to be really dog reactive. Now she's much less reactive, but my only problem is she will growl or snap if a dog gets near her, both on leash. I need advice. Yeah, I don't let dogs, if my dogs are on leash, I would never let a dog come near my dog. I would never let a dog come near my dog. So why? Because dogs can usually, they can fight or fight or flight. They can only do a couple of things. When a dog's on a leash, it can't properly move out of the way. It's also a lot of pressure for an um, for a dog to come up to an, an a leashed dog. It's a lot of pressure for that. So to me, you know, if my dog snapped at a dog that was off leash coming at it, I, I you know, chances are I'm going to snap at the dog first. Do you know what I mean? I'm the one that's going to probably correct that dog. My dog won't even have an opportunity to. But if my dog did. I wouldn't correct my dog for that because I'm the one that didn't prevent it from happening because I don't want it to happen. I don't want that interaction. So next. Her question got broken up. Um, oh. She says, I correct her before she reacts, but once the dog comes near her or her face, she will growl and her hackles will sometimes go up. Yeah. So, so Angel Angelina, I don't want that to happen anymore. So I want you to keep all off leash dogs away from your leashed dog. That's your job. That's my job. So my job is to keep my dog safe. My job is to keep all other dogs away from my dog. Um, off leash, it's a different story. On a leash, you can't meet. And dogs on leash, you shouldn't meet either. They shouldn't meet either. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't correct my dog because I'm the one that made the mistake. That would be, that would be my mistake. So bad, you know, shame on me for not catching that. Shame on me for not catching it. And then my dog is just doing what dogs do, which I don't believe like in that whole theory, let dogs be dogs because then they would just like run and jump and piss and shit all over the place. So, but what I mean is knowing that my policies and protocols are, I don't want off leash dogs meeting my dogs. And if I missed it, ideally, sure, in a perfect world, it'd be great if my dog didn't snap. But if it did, that's my fault. That's my fault. Next. Marvelous maker. How long should a training session be with the dog and how long between training sessions? Um, that's going to be up. That's going to be up to you. I mean, if you get a pushy snotty dog, we'll work that dog for long periods of time, 90 minutes. You get a fearful, nervous dog. We might only work that in five minute increments at the beginning, but then eventually we're going to want to work that dog much longer to help work it through its fear stage, get out of its fear stage. But how much time do you have? So if you're if you're not a trainer, if you're just an owner, you might be like, I only got 30 minutes to train my dog. Well, then 30 minutes it is. 30 minutes it is. So next. And then as far as between training sessions, depends again from, from a trainer standpoint, you know, you can train some some trainers will train just 90 minutes continuous and then you're done for the day. Then you go to place or you go on a walk. Some people will break that up into two 45 minute sessions, some will do three 30 minute sessions. All depends on what your schedule looks like. Next. Lori, stranger, aggressive dog. How do I get used to new roommate? So that's going to be a hard one, Lori. Um, that's exactly not a stranger anymore. It's a, it's a, it's the roommate. The best thing is to, is to make sure the roommate's not trying to be the dog's best friend. A lot of dogs don't like that. A lot of dogs don't like that. So what I want you to do, so what I want you to do is, you know, I need to know more information. I would need to know more, know, know more information about the dog. I need to know more information about the roommates. So what I would want to do is I would want to get, I would want to create existence first. They don't have to like each other, but they have to exist. But I hate to have a roommate where my dog wanted to kill, right? So 
I would go with existence first, to, you know, theoretically. Like, so my dogs are in place right here. Joelle just walked in the room. I don't know what, 20 minutes ago, she sat down. That would be acceptable behavior. Now, I wouldn't want her to go over and pet my dogs. She could. All my dogs are social. But if I was worried about my dog, I'd be like, don't pet my dogs. And if any of my dogs growled at her, like Tex has done in the past, when I first got him, Tex would get corrected. Tex would get corrected. So, but you definitely have to have safety. Definitely have to have safety. Next. Keith, do you still record, share your Skype sessions? I watched some from years ago before getting a dog and I really enjoyed them. Also, are the old ones you recorded still available? Where can I watch them? They should be on YouTube. No, I don't record my Skype sessions because I'm only doing paid Skype sessions now. Those were free. I did a free Skype a day. So now I'm doing a lot of tips to the day. I'm doing tips of the day. So, but I do a ton of Skypes. I do probably about three or four Skypes a day, but those are with paid clients. Those, um, those aren't, those aren't available to the public because those are private. Those are private sessions. Those are private sessions. Um, but the old one should be on YouTube underneath. Look for a playlist. Maybe that says Skype next. Kimberly, some say border collies are very sensitive emotionally and the wrong collar would damage. Then what are your thoughts? The wrong color or collar? Collar would damage them. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think she meant collar. The wrong collar will damage them? I think it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, border collies are very sensitive. Do you mean the, the, do you mean the, the, the dogs that chase the sheep and bite them? Those dogs? She says also she just got one. So right. The the dogs that actually chase chase sheep and bite them. Those are the sensitive dogs? No. Those dogs can take a correction. You get yourself a good you get yourself a good working dog, a good working border collie. That dog can take a that dog better be able to take a correction because it's going to take a kick to the face one day. That better not be that sensitive of a dog. So, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But prong cowers aren't going to be, prong cowers are not harming dogs. Like that one or two photo that you see, that was from, that was from abuse. That wasn't from training. That was most likely it was a dog on a tie back or the dog grew into it. It was left on 24 hours a day for six months, which is the improper use of any tool. You know, Google Google harness injuries, Google flat cower injuries, Google martingale injuries, Google flexi leash injuries. So that's just a bunch of bullshit. Now, as far as border collies, border collies are they can be very in tune with their owners. That can be sensitive. They're definitely smart dogs. It's a smart breed. But your average border collie can take a really good correction. It needs to. It needs to. It's a working dog. It's a working dog. Next. But there's a lot of anti, a lot of anti-tool stuff out there that it's just a bunch of bullshit. Next. Um, Zahed, yep. Zaid, recent yep. rescue GSC. I have conditioned and trained with e-collar and good obedience. Gave him a bone for the first time and he growled at me. Quite surprised and moved him straight into some obedience. Who should I have corrected him for the growl? How, how should how? you corrected him? Um, I would have used a remote collar. Remote collar, bonker, leash correction, whatever your punisher of choice is. Yeah, but if a dog growled over me, a bone over me, there'd be a consequence. I wouldn't go into obedience. So what you're doing is dog growls, obedience. Technically, it's a reward. 
technically it's a reward. So you might not have looked at it as a reward and you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't mess up the dog. Don't worry about that. But I'd role play it again. So I don't know if you use a remote collar. Do you use a remote collar? Condition and train with eco. Oh yeah, you've used a remote collar. Do you use a remote collar? So there you go. So I'd, I'd role play that again. Get yourself a remote collar. Get yourself. You already have a remote collar. I would teach that dog the out command, number one. The out command. I've got a video on that. You can see, I demonstrate that at all my seminars. It takes two seconds to do. You get that dog to spit that bone right out. But if a dog ever growled around a bone around me, there'd be a high-level punisher. Very high. So you, if, you, if you growl around anything around me, there'd be a punisher. And that's how you stop. That's how you stop unwanted behaviors. Because if you don't, you're going to increase it. So always remember the lack of no is yes. Always remember that, folks. The lack of no is yes. So dogs eating a bone, dog growls, I back away. I just said yes to the dog. That's literally what it that's literally what you're doing. So you're not a bad person. It's not your fault. That's why you're on this show asking a question, but I'm just talking about in a big picture because what a lot of people are doing is they're not saying no to their dog. So by not saying no to your dog, you're saying yes to your dog. Next. Uh, Melissa said, Keith L. Jeff's old Skypes are on his YouTube channel. Check under playlists for Skype with Jeff. Well, there you go. Um, Kimberly, sorry, I didn't finish my sentence. I just got a prong collar after watching your videos feeling comfortable with your philosophy but in the back of my mind i worry yeah well i could be i can tell kimberly i can tell you to get over it right get over it you know this is the thing you know we're, we're inundated with these messages online through social media especially headlines like i don't read the newspaper i don't watch tv I don't think the world's going to come to an end. I've actually got a lot of faith in the world. I think people are good. I think I think we live in a wonderful, it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful time to own a business. It's a wonderful time to raise a family. It's a wonderful time to make friends. It's a wonderful time to fall in love. It's probably even a better time to get a divorce right now. <clears throat> <laughs> yep, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> So she's not single yet, folks. Just oh hold your horses. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. So I get what you're concerned about, but the information is false. The inform the informate the information is false. That's the problem. So there's a lot of false information out there. Next. Heather S, I need to set up my Skype for this month. Loving the Patreon content. Super helpful and highly recommended to anyone who needs more in-depth help. Thank you so much, Jeff. So Heather, do me a favor. Uh, email me and let's get something set up for next week. I got to do a little bit of traveling next week. So um, let's get something set up. I can't do tomorrow. Monday, I might already be booked for Monday. Wednesday, I'm, I might be in New York City. So probably the end of next week, I've got something. But if you haven't done your September one yet, don't worry. We'll get we'll do it in October, and I'll give you an extra one in October. All right? Don't worry about it. Next. Angelina, would you ever visit California for a training seminar? Yeah, Angelina. I did one in – I've done one in – I've done two in San Diego before. I had one scheduled for Ramona, but I can't get away – I can't get away this year in um, – in uh, uh, what's that? I said shoot. Sorry. <laughs> Are you trying to get rid of me? You go to California. Okay, you will. You could. You can't go on the road this year. Maybe next year you can go on the road with me for two months. We'll see. Um, so nothing scheduled. But I'm usually in San Diego for Thanksgiving. 
I'm usually in San Diego for Thanksgiving. Thanks. So down. Renee, thanks so much for tonight and all and everything you guys do. It's amazing. Get some rest more than a couple of hours and feel better. You can tell I'm dragging tonight. Can you tell? Yeah. Yeah, I'm dragging. I'm also in a lot of pain, too. You still won't listen to. What? He'll still be like, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, I'm in a lot of pain tonight, and I'm, and I'm definitely tired. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell I'm just like, oh, but, but, yeah. sorry, guys. If Sorry, guys, if I'm if the show is not as energetic as usual, I apologize. It's, it's, that's got to be no fun to listen to. You're never any fun to listen to. Well, I know. Well, thanks. <laughs> Great. All right. It's my confidence coach right next to me. <laughs> Stacy, <laughs> I have a seven-month-old GSD and just adopted a sister to him who was the runt. She's very skittish. Any suggestions on making her more comfortable? Yeah. I mean, what I want you to do is don't treat her like a runt. Don't treat her like a skittish dog. Treat her like a confident dog. Start doing a lot of obedience training. So do baseline obedience training. Start doing some confidence building skills. So what I want you to do is find yourself a playground. Get your dog to go 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 up steps, go down steps, go through tunnels, go over things, go under things. So you can even do do a little bit of trick training. Start doing that. Next, Kimberly. Great question, Angelina. I'd love him to come to California. Yeah, I mean, my folks are in California. Like I said, I'm usually in San Diego. I'm usually in San Diego for Thanksgiving. I'll be in LA in February. That's for a week-long seminar that I do. That's T3 Seminar. If you go to t3seminar.com, that's a different seminar. That's a seven-day, $4,000 seminar, a little bit different than my RV seminars. But I've got – I'll, I'll plan another one. Don't worry. I'll plan another one. I'll be up in Seattle sometime soon. When? June, July? I'll be in Seattle. No, February. I'll be in Seattle. Yeah. February, you're going to go to that one. Cool. Next. All right, Sandy, just got an e-collar. How do I stop my six-month-old puppy from eating acorns in the yard? Um, you put the collar on your dog. So so put the collar on your dog. You want to make sure you fit it properly. So read the instructions on how to get proper fit. I also have a video on how to get proper fit and um, on my YouTube channel. And put it on the dog. Make sure it's turned on. Figure out how the levels work. Your dog goes to eat acorns. You make it suck to eat acorns. Dog stops dog stops. So a lot of people will say, well, just clean up the acorns. And I'm like, you fucking clean up my acorns. You come to my house. You clean up my goddamn acorns. I'm not cleaning up my damn acorns. No. Clean up my acorns. What do I look like? A fucking acorn picker upper? No. Dog, stop eating my damn acorns. Just like that. Boom. Next. That's simple. Kimberly says, LOL. <laughs> The dog house. One-year-old GSD on walks gets spooked by something random, stays in heel, but I can tell he's stressed and sometimes whips his head to look back. Should I slow him down and possibly walk him by it again? I would. Yeah, I would. So stress is good. I mean, stress is good. Like my body's underneath a huge amount of stress right now because of my because of my injuries. So stress, stress, stress is not a bad thing. What I like to do is I'd like to be, I'd like to find out what dogs are not good at. And I like to address those things. Oh, you struggle with that? Boom, let's go. Let's work through that. Let's work through that. That's what I do in my seminars. It's all problem-solving stuff. It's all problem-solving stuff. So on, when are we going to New Jersey? Tuesday? Monday night. Two, we're working Tuesday, Tuesday though. though yeah. So Tuesday, we're working in New Jersey, and we're working with three different families. One, two, three. Three different families, all on problem-solving stuff. It's like, what's your dog struggling with? Great. Let's set it up. Let's role-play it. Let's work through it. That's what we're going to do next. 
Uh, one purpose. What's up, guys? When it's time to kennel up, my GSD tries to run from me. I have to trick him to come. What do you suggest? Remote caller? I, I, I would I would suggest training him how to run and go into his kennel on command. So what I would do is this. Don't do it off leash one purpose. Don't do it off leash. It should be on a leash. So kennel up is a command. So on a leash, kennel up, put the dog in, get the dog in, close the door, open the door. Dog tries to rush out, close the door in the dog's face, open the door. The dog sits there and waits, release the dog. Dog comes out, boom, again, kennel up, dog goes in. I want you to work on kennel up 20 times a day. How many times do we work on sit, down, place, recall? How long do we heal our dogs for? Kennel up. When do we do kennel up? Usually once, maybe twice a day. 20 times I want you to work it on. In, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. Got it? Next. And you can always do it. Yeah, you can do it on remote cower too. But still, if your dog runs away, dog runs away and you hit the remote cower, your dog will just probably run further away. Next. Jay Wynn. Jeff, what's up? Followed your advice and I've been leaving my dogs in the crates while I'm at work, 10 to 7.30 with a break midday and for bedtime, 1 to 8 a.m. Is that too much crate time? Jay Wynn, if that's what your schedule is, that's what you're going to have to do, right? That's what you're going to have to do. So in a perfect world, your dogs would be, yeah, you'd, you'd have more time for your dogs, but you got to work. You got to, you got to pay for food and food and medicine and, 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 you know, vet care and, you know, all kinds of stuff for your dogs. So, you know, that's, that's, it seems like a lot of crate time because it probably is a lot of crate time, but what's the other option? I mean, you can always send your dog to a doggy daycare. You can have a dog walker come over and spend some time for your dog. You can see if you can get family members to spend time with your dog. But I mean, to me, if your dog's going to be in a crate, or your dog's going to be lying on the couch, there's not much of a difference. So just the time you do spend together, make really good. Make it really good quality time. Next. Uh, Spinisper, you clean up my acorns. Sure idea. <laughs> LOL. There you go. We'll do that. Uh, the doghouse. Agreed. Thanks for answering. You can go to motocross races with extreme chaos and crowds and be perfect, but then a bag of mulch in someone's yard can trigger him. Hey, man. I get PTSD over mulch. <laughs> Next. Horse crazy 92. My dog doesn't like to be petted, but he's fine with laying on the bed with me. Is that strange? I don't think so. None of my dogs, I shouldn't say that. They definitely um, all like to be pet. They do. They're yeah. not like needy. Yeah. yeah, they're needy. I don't pet them enough. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so that's what you're for. Um, I had a dog named Big Mama. Big Mama's dead now. And uh, she didn't like to get petted. But you like to hang out. Some dogs just don't like human touch that way. Wes they, is like that. What's that? Wes is like yeah. that. Yeah. But, but he'll hang out with you. Mm -hmm. He'll whine, but he'll hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So some dogs are like that. She's got a dog like that. My dogs don't get a lot of, we do We do a lot of stuff. I give my dogs physical touch. Not as much as she pets my dogs. Um, but a lot of dogs don't like physical touch. But they'll want to hang out with you. I wouldn't look that much into it. Just hang out with your dog more. Next. Uh, one purpose says thank you. You're and, welcome. And that looks like it. Oh, we got one more. 
Horse Crazy 92. If I'm in my chair in the living room, he will sit on my lap and I can pet him, but he doesn't really like his face and feet mess with, but I also groom him too. So it could be just your dog. Some like every dog doesn't like every part of their body touched. Just like every human doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like some people are weird about feet. Some people are weird about faces. Some people don't want their hair touched. So think about it from a dog's point of view. I mean, some dogs just don't want to be touched. Maybe or something could be uncomfortable. Some dogs don't like their heads touched because their teeth hurt or their ears hurt. That's the first thing we look at, by the way, is if a dog growls around, like if you touch it on the head and it growls, check for ear infections and check for any like tooth disease or anything. Um, but brushing your dog, see what happens when you brush your dog. You do groom your dog. When you groom your dog, maybe that feels good. So groom your dog more. I don't know. Groom my dogs. They stink. Yeah, no, they do. <laughs> so, so I just, it's just one of those things. It's not my, like, it's, my knowledge base on that is not that big. So I don't have enough. To, I don't have anything to compare that to. Next. Uh, one purpose. What brand prong collar do you recommend? The ones that we carry on our website that I've been talking about for the last 12 years. Herm Sprenger, one purpose. Herm Sprenger. And the problem with that is if you buy them, you can you don't have to buy them from me. They're cheaper on Amazon, but Amazon has got knockoff ones now, but they don't know they're knockoff like because they're not expert on prong collars. So people have been knocking off Herm Springer collars. The photo that they use is the actual collar, but when you get the collar, a lot of the times it's the fake one, but it's not Amazon's fault. Amazon doesn't know the difference. They, they don't know the difference. You know, they don't know the difference. We know the difference. So... You want to find it. You want to get the Herm Springer collars. Next. Horse Crazy 92. LOL. Thank you, Jeff. Chewy.com sells them too, and it actually came from Germany. There you go. There you go. Good. So just got to watch out now. There's this because the, 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 the fake ones are crap. The fake ones are crap. One purpose that I'll buy them from you since you're giving away free game. And yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, man, yeah, so we only make five bucks on them, so don't think you're getting me rich, but I'll appreciate it. I'll take it. Next. <laughs> the doghouse is next time for a seminar in Florida. I know. I know. I was down. I've done them in Ellington for a couple of years in a row. I usually do them in January and sometimes in February. That's because I went down to my houses in Florida this year. Let me see if the location's available. I think the house, the, the location we did it at might might have been sold. It might have been sold. Let me let me let me see. Let me give Tracy a call. Let me give Tracy a call. Uh, or Orlando. I'd like to do one in Orlando. We can see if we can do one by Heather. Yeah. Heather or Bethany. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll see. Warm weather. Yeah, warm weather. We can always use that. Yeah. But if we do one in Ellington, Bradenton area, we can use. I can use one of our houses. So that'd be nice. Next. Melissa posted the link to your shop. Oh, thank you. The doghouse said snowbird much. LOL sounds good. Yeah, I used to. Not any. We just bought, let's see, one of the houses I bought two years ago, and then I just bought another house in Florida a year ago. And uh, the goal was to go down there for two months, but things sort of changed back at home. So now we can't. But, I mean, I can still go, not for two months, but I can still go down there when I want. But Linda's sort of tied to the house right now. Um, so, next. But Orlando would be fun next. 
Christine Parker, I've had a great, I've had great luck with e-collar on eight-year-old Ozzy. His extreme reactivity has decreased dramatically. Now he walks like a dream. What would be good next step for socialization with people? Um, I would start getting him around. Just get it, again. I'm looking for existence. Just get your dog around a lot of people, but not necessarily interacting. I mean, if you want your dog to interact with people, we actually don't train that because our, my philosophy is your dog should be around people, but not interacting with people. So what the next step is, you have to talk to somebody that actually wants more, wants more than that, wants more than that. Now we do, we do protocols where we've got people that walk up to your dog. We train the dog to ignore those people. Then we reward the dog. And then if they, and these are dogs that we're rehabilitating from aggression, but we usually don't teach dogs like how to like be friendly with people. That doesn't mean we don't want them to be friendly with people, but it's sort of like our goal is to get dogs to exist around people. That's just our philosophy. Next. Uh, the dog house says, yes, Orlando. I know. Orlando would be nice. Now, Tori, I can't do it. Tori's house is not set up for a seminar for me. We'd have to get, we'd have to tent it and it's just not set up for it. It's not set up for it. Next. Uh, Jay Wynn. Thanks, Jeff. One more thing. My dog's previous owner let go of the leash and she scrambled into the woods and got stuck in a fence for an hour. Now she's skittish and sits on walks or poles. Um, Jay Wynn, it might not be connected. We have, put it this way, we have dogs that do that as well and they never were stuck on a leash on a fence. Do you know what I mean? So what I would do is I would, whatever you, whatever your dog used to do or all your past behaviors or history that your dog used to do, I'd throw that out. I would just throw that out, throw that out, throw that information out. And I would just start from, start with what you got now. So the question is, you've got a dog, you've got a dog that sits down when you want to walk or pulls. Mm -hmm. So I would just teach that dog how to heal properly. So we get that from dogs too. So we don't need to know why. A lot of people are like, yeah, you need to know why. You don't need to know why. You don't need to know the why. Dog trainers that want to be smart want to figure out the why and prove you that how smart they are. Who gives a shit why the dog is doing it? The dog's doing it. So, well, yeah, the dog... The, the dog, the dog's growling at the six foot five guy with sunglasses and dark hats. He must have been abused by a man. No, no, that's not, that, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So take, take the behavior we have and just run with it. Prong collar on your dog, teach your dog how to walk next to you. Just take, take it from there. Next. Christine Parker donated $4. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Christine. Um, I think you answered this one. Karen said, can you do one in Florida at Tori's place? No, Tori's, Tori doesn't want me at her place. It's just that Tori's place, she's got a great place. I'd fucking love to do one on that damn fake grass of hers. It's nice damn, grass. that's some nice grass. <laughs> that's some really nice grass. I'm going to see Tori in two weeks. When am I going to see her? Yeah, T3. What is two that, weeks. Ninth. So, yeah, like a week and a half. Two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. No less than that. Yeah, a week and a half. That's week and a half. Said. Yeah. He looked at me like a week I'm from a week from Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, a week from Monday. I'm gonna see Tori. She'll be up here next. Uh, Stacy says, "Thanks. She'll love a playground. She's very agile and loves to jump and climb." There you go. That's that's a big confidence builder, Stace. Good job. Horse crazy ninety two. Jay Wynn, was it a retractable leash? She got stuck on a fence with. It was a regular old leash. No, it was like a regular old leash. leash. Yeah, horse crazy is trying to get his statistics on how bad retractable leashes are. <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? You're trying to tell more stories about how crappy those retractable leashes are. 
There's enough stories out there. Retractable leashes are stupid. They're terrible. They're terrible. I mean, could you ever use one? Sure, you could use one for like, I guess if you're doing, if you're practicing some recalls, you can use it. If you're doing some odor work, you can use it. But, but, but walking your dog on those damn things, those are one of the worst things out there. It's one of the worst, it's one of the worst things out there. We can't, we can't stand those things. We can't stand those things. She says, first crazy 92, LOL. I used to use them, but honestly, he just learned to pull. <laughs> you, you, you learned to pull because you never stopped it. That's why dogs pull. Dogs pull because they because owners don't stop it. But now you know better. But now you know better. All right, guys. It's been a good show. Sorry I was tired. This was a, this was a sluggish one for me. This was a sluggish one. I took some painkillers, obviously. I took some painkillers earlier because I'm in a huge amount of pain. If you don't know my, if you don't know what happened, <laughs> I cracked my ribs. Joelle thinks like eight years ago. It's been two weeks now. Yeah. Two weeks, right? Yeah. Two weeks. Two two Sundays ago. Yeah. Tomorrow makes Tomorrow two, weeks. two weeks. Tomorrow makes two weeks I cracked these damn ribs. And I've and I've been in pain ever since. And I'm and I'm, and I'm a crappy patient. I'm doing everything wrong. Like I'm not resting. I'm driving around across the country. I'm traveling. I'm lifting shit. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying bed frame. If we can put up a new, I put a, I put up new fencing today. What's wrong with you? I can't sit still. Oh my god! Joelle had to chaperone me out to. I'm sure most people you know, if you follow us on Instagram stories, you, we went out to Indiana together. Thank God I had you. Who would have made it out of Providence? Fucking Linda too, man. <laughs> Linda's like, thank God she was with you. You know. Yeah, would have uh, been scary. Uh, I, I was in such. We got time now. Now that we had no more questions, so I cracked my ribs, and then I had to go on a, a an eight day trip in the RV. I had to go nineteen hundred miles in the RV. So I'm like, I can't even sit down. I can't even sit down and take a shit. She didn't have to help me with that. Thank God, or she would have never gone. So I'm sitting in the driver's seat of the RV, and it's time for gas. The first night we had to go fill up with gas. I couldn't get out of the front. I couldn't get out of the seat. I couldn't even pump freaking gas. She had to pump gas. I did everything. And then it was time. Then we're done for the night. I literally couldn't get out of the car seat. She had to like, Joelle had to like literally get me out of the damn car seat. And then well, I couldn't take off my jacket or my shirt. You helped me with that, with this arm. You helped me with that. I was able to dress myself. Thank God. Because that one, she would have not been up for that at all. And I wasn't going to, I was, I wouldn't have asked. I would have fucking slept in my clothes all week. And then, but once I got into bed, I got stuck. <laughs> I got stuck, didn't I? Yeah. I needed help. Just, he I need, was my alarm every day. Well, Joelle! <laughs> no, but I got stuck. I got stuck. I got stuck. Uh, I, cause I had to sleep. I had to sleep sitting up. But once I got into bed, if I wasn't in the right sitting up position, I couldn't scoot backwards. It was so much fucking pain. So much pain. And then in the morning, I definitely, I needed painkillers in the morning because it took two hours for me to be able to move. So I had to, I wanted to take my painkillers at five o'clock in the morning. So by seven, I can get up and move. And if I had to go to the bathroom before the painkillers kicked in, 
I was screwed. So I'd go to the bathroom and I'd scream. So for us dudes out there, think about this. So you're in an RV, you're in an RV and you're in the bathroom and you got to go to the bathroom really bad. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I'll, I live, I'm proper. I lift up both toilet seats. So when you want to lift up a toilet seat, there's a couple of different ways you can lift up a toilet seat. You can like just bend over and lift it up, right? You can use your foot. Like a lot of us use our foot. We, like, we use our foot to lift it up because you don't want to touch the damn thing. Or worst case scenario, if you can't bend over, you, you can squat down and then lift it up. I couldn't do any of those things. I couldn't do any of those things. So I couldn't bend over. I couldn't use my foot and I couldn't squat down. And the hell if I'm calling her in the damn bathroom to lift up a toilet seat for me. And I had to go to the bathroom. So you're also doing the pee-pee dance while all this stuff's going on. So here you are doing the pee-pee dance. It's six o'clock in the morning. It's still dark out. I don't know what the hell happened with the damn, <laughs> with the like damn sunshine. That sunshine, that sunshine just disappeared. <laughs> so it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm doing the pee-pee dance. I'm in massive amounts of pain. I'm not calling her out to lift a toilet seat for me or to do anything else that's bathroom related. Thank you very much. So what did I do? Scream my fucking head off. I just, I just did, I just did it. I bent over, I screamed, I got the toilet seat up, and I'm like, and she's listening to all this stuff. She's like, what the fuck is going on in that guy's bathroom? He's just trying to sleep. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That happened for like three, four days. Three, four days it took cool me trip. before I can do it. I was able to. I was able to lift. I was able to go to the. I was able to do some stuff by the end of the trip. Yeah. But then I injured myself again. <laughs> exactly. Because as soon as he's like, "Oh, I feel okay. Let me see what I can get away with." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he re-injured himself. Yeah, I re-injured myself. Yeah. Then hurt myself again. Twice. You did it once, and then you did it again. I did it at the seminar. Yeah. I bonked a dog and I freaking almost ripped apart my insides. I got pictures. Do you really? Did, did <laughs> of you? the exact moment. No. They're in there. You I, see I haven't seen them yet. I haven't gone through them all. I'm starting to go through them all. So that was a trip. So she'll, so Joelle will be going to my seminars with me from now on. So finally, like Linda's known I wanted somebody to go to these damn seminars. I've done, what, 135 of these seminars? In every seminar I do by myself, every seminar I got to find a camera person, a video person. I got to do all the setup myself. I got to do all the breakdown myself. I got to help every single person that's there. It's exhausting work. I mean, I, I, you know, it's what I do for a living, so it's, it's. There's no complaints. But boy, is it nice to have another person. That's been great. So she does videos, photographs, social media on the fly, sets up, breaks down, doesn't drive the RV. No, but I make him coffee and breakfast. Yep. And I run his dogs. That's because I was injured. <laughs> when I'm not injured, you're not going to be running my dogs. I know. And you're not going to be making me breakfast. Okay, great. You're not going to be making me coffee. You can do that anyway because I can't. Yeah, I can do all that stuff myself. I can do all that stuff myself. So it was a funny trip. It was. Not ha-ha funny. It's on the highlights on IG stories if you want to watch. Is it? It is kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, and yours or mine? And yours. Is it really? Oh, well, there you go. All of it? All of it? No. Like the funny. Do I have clips on my phone that I should be putting up there? Maybe. Where'd you get the clips from? Your phone? My phone. No, when you go into highlights, it shows every single story we posted. 
Like oh, if you, so oh really? All on there. Oh really? In the archive for my phone too, or just knew what to do. Huh. Yeah, there are some on from your phone because I posted some. The ones me like impersonating you and stuff. I put those all in there and you recorded them. Because you grabbed them from the Instagram feed. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you. Cool. Well, there we go. So that's what that happened. So we're going on a we're going on a one day trip, two day trip next week. And then we've got a what? A two two week trip coming up. Twelve days or something. Twelve day trip. Might be two weeks. Yeah, we go to Frederick, Maryland, and then we go down to Greenville, South Carolina. She's I better be better by then. It's like a month out. Oh fuck. That'll be six weeks of healing from the initial. Well, I should have been I should be better by then. I'm supposed to be, yeah, but the rate I'm going, who knows? Marvelous Maker says, Hey Jeff, you might want to get one of those grabby sticks <laughs> people sometimes need to pick up trash. Seriously. That's a good idea. I think we have one. We do have one. We have one. We have one at the kennel. I'll have to get one. For, I'll, I'll get one. I'll get one from the RV. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea. I can do that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. So I, 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 that's the stuff we didn't show because we're not going to show that. You were good. We didn't film any of that. All right. No. Madly in love with all of you. Take care. Love you all. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for all putting up with all our nonsense. <laughs>